Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Rob has written dozens of books with titles like The Red Sea Rules, Then Sings My Soul, and Reclaiming the Lost Art of Biblical Meditation. Recently, Rob began a video teaching series entitled The 50 Final Events in World History, The Book of Revelation Demystified. You can use this self-paced video study for individual or group use. It includes downloadable visual aids for personal reference or for Bible teachers who want to teach this material to others. Visit robertjmorgan.com courses and use the coupon code podcast at checkout for a special listener's discount. And now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Well, hello there and good day. I'm coming now to the last of 10 episodes in my podcast series, What's Bothering You? We certainly have a lot to be worried about, don't we? Because we live in an anxious world. Global threats and dangers crowd into our lives, and personal problems stab us like the tip of a knife. But the Bible knew all of that in advance, and we have a threefold message from God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit to help us. That has been the theme of this series of podcasts. God the Father said in Psalm 37, Do not fret. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. It only causes harm. All of that from just the opening of Psalm 37. God the Son echoed all of that in his Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6. He said, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And God the Holy Spirit, what does he say about anxiety and worry? He inspired the Apostle Paul to write Philippians 4, and that's where we are ending up today. If you have a Bible near at hand, turn it to this passage and read this incredible paragraph with me. It's one of my favorites in all of Scripture, Philippians 4, verses 4 through 9. Rejoice in the Lord always, I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. In the last episode, I pointed out that the Lord wants us to displace anxious and worried thinking with a series of alternatives. First, we must learn to rejoice in the Lord. Second, we must cultivate a gentle spirit. 
Third, we need to remember the nearness of God. Fourth, we've got to turn our problems into prayers. The Bible says here, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer is the closet where we change clothes and replace a spirit of despair for a garment of praise. It's the bank where we present the promissory notes of God's promises and withdraw endless deposits of grace. It's the dark room of the soul where negatives become positives. It's the transfer station where the pulse of fear is exchanged for the impulse of faith. It's a currency exchange where we trade our liabilities for God's abundant life. This is biblical replacement therapy, and it's the duty of the child of God to learn how to displace worrisome thoughts with restorative strength through prevailing prayer, and to do it in every situation. But fifth, notice the little prepositional phrase here, with thanksgiving. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In any given situation, I believe whether it's trivial or horrendous, there are always observable items we can learn and acknowledge and say, Lord, thank you for this. If we don't find those items and focus on them and thank God for them, we cannot overcome anxiety. Gratitude is to worry what antibiotics are to infection. The old practice of counting our blessings is an effective modern treatment for what's ailing the mind. Giving things is essential for mental health. The great Bible teacher, Harry Ironside, said, We would worry less if we praised more. Thanksgiving, he said, is the enemy of discomfort and dissatisfaction. In simplest terms, That means, and I really believe this, that you can instantly lessen the level of your anxiety by finding something for which to immediately thank God. It works like this for me. If something triggers an anxious episode, I have to pull myself together and ask, as bad as it seems, it's not as bad as it could be. In fact, here are some things I can thank God for in the middle of this mess. And then I have to use my brain power to compile a list of blessings. The ability to say thank you, Lord, is among the most wonderful things about being a follower of Jesus Christ. We can enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. We don't thank and praise God merely to gain the psychological benefits of doing so. We thank him and we praise him because he is the God from whom all blessings flow, but This gratitude boomerangs and the benefits for us the world can never know. Emotional benefits, psychological benefits, spiritual experiences, which our passage in Ephesians 4 labels as transcendent. It says, with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And consider this. Jesus' followers are the only people on earth who can truly thank God in a Christly way for all his blessings. 
and what a tragedy if we failed to do it. The Lutheran minister, Martin Rankhart, wrote a hymn of thanksgiving to rally his village in Saxony during the ravages of the Thirty Years' War. Rankhart was the only surviving pastor in town, and he sometimes conducted as many as 50 funerals of day because of the war and the pandemic. Yet he kept himself in his village sane by finding items of thanksgiving even among the carnage. He converted this attitude into one of our greatest hymns. It says, Now thank we all our God with hearts and hands and voices who wondrous things has done in whom his world rejoices, who from our mother's arms has blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. And that brings us to the sixth item on this list. We're to choose to fill our minds with positive thoughts. Look at verse number eight. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. If we have anxious thoughts, we'll be anxious people because what we think is the most important thing about us. You are what you think, and your life, your attitudes, your feelings, your directions and reactions and results and failures and successes and personality are formed by the strands of thought that tie your brain cells together like bailing wire. This is so self-evident, it's been at the heart of philosophy and religion from the very beginning of human civilization. Even non-Christians know this. The Hindus taught, man becomes that of which he thinks. The Buddha said, the mind is everything, what you think you become. Marcus Aurelius said, your life is what your thoughts make it. Descartes wrote, I think, therefore I am. The 19th century Unitarian preacher William Channing wrote, what a man does outwardly is but the expression and completion of his inward thought. Ralph Waldo Emerson summed it up very nicely when he said a person is what he thinks about all day long. Think of that. William James laid the foundation for today's motivational movement and positive thinking literature with these simple words. He said the greatest discovery of my generation is that human beings can alter their lives by altering their attitudes of mind. The homespun British philosopher James Allen wrote, A man is literally what he thinks, his character being the complete sum of all of his thoughts. Good thoughts bear good fruit. Bad thoughts, bad fruit. Let a man radically alter his thoughts and he will be astonished at the rapid transformation it will affect in the material conditions of his life. People imagine that thought can be kept secret, but it cannot. It rapidly crystallizes into habit, and habit solidifies into circumstances. Allen added, As the physically weak man can make himself strong by careful and patient training, 
So the man of weak thoughts can make them strong by exercising himself in right thinking. I believe that is Paul's point here in Philippians 4.8. Many of the men I've just quoted were not committed to biblical truth, but by sheer deduction, they discovered a biblical truth so self-evident it cannot be ignored. As Proverbs 23 verse 7 says in the Old King James Version, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. This is an inescapable biblical fact, and Philippians 4.8 is one of the Bible's greatest declarations about the power of our thoughts in molding our personalities and moving us into the reality and into the realms of God's peace. To live more and to worry less, we must think, and we must think rightly on the right things at the right time, on the right wavelengths, with our antenna tuned to the frequency of God's truth. We cannot overcome anxiety unless we learn to replace worried thoughts with worthy thoughts, thoughts that come directly from the mind of the God of peace. That requires thinking on things that are true, noble, lovely, and praiseworthy. Well, how do we do that? It requires, it requires the habits of Bible study, Bible memory, and scripture meditation. Romans 8 says those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Notice that word peace. It's the same term we find in Philippians 4. When our minds are governed by the Spirit and filled with Scripture, we are training them to move from panic to peace, from worry to worship, and from anxiety to confident trust. That's why I'm a strong advocate for Scripture memory and meditation. I've written two books on those subjects, 100 Bible Verses Everyone Should Know by Heart, and Reclaiming the Lost Art of Biblical Meditation. The patterns described in those two books have transformed my life more than anything else I've ever discovered. They've helped me to overcome temptation, especially the temptations of distress and discouragement more than I can describe. Let me encourage you to find a verse in the Bible to memorize. Now, I know it's true we have instantaneous access to Scripture on our phones or tablets, and we can search for a verse with just a few strokes of our thumbs. But when we memorize a verse, it gets out of our phones or out of the pages of our Bibles, and it's planted in the mental furrows of our conscious minds where it sinks into our subconscious and even into our unconscious thoughts. It's like a radiation chip planted in our brains that begins working at the deepest level of our mental functionings. When I decide on a verse to memorize, I write it in a little leather notebook that I keep, and I read it aloud over and over. Taking my phone, I'll punch the recorder and try quoting the first phrases, and then I listen to see what I've missed. I do the same thing the next day. It may take me a number of days or weeks or even months to learn a passage, 
But all along the way, the passage is becoming more and more familiar to me. It becomes more deeply etched on the walls of my memory. I often go to sleep thinking about that verse, and I wake up thinking about it. And I think about it in the shower, or when shaving, or when driving, or when walking. Imagine how great this would work for you if you made it a goal to memorize and to internalize Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9. Begin just by memorizing the first phrase of verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. You can do that. You've probably learned it already just by listening to these podcasts. Now add the next phrase. I will say it again. Rejoice. There now. You've learned a whole verse. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. You might want to post it on the screen of your phone or with a sticky note to your alarm clock or your makeup mirror or your coffee pot. Think about those words as you prepare for the day. Turn them into a prayer as you dress or put the cereal bowl in the dishwasher. Say, Lord, help me to rejoice in you today. Turn it into a simple song. Quote it aloud. Say it several times, emphasizing each word in turn. Post it on your social media. Share it in correspondence or in conversation. When you feel stressed at work or school, take a 30-second break or a one-minute break and find a quiet spot. (sighs) Take several deep breaths, exhaling deeply, inhaling fully, and whisper that verse to yourself. When you get frustrated with your workload, remember the word always and say it aloud. Rejoice in the Lord always. Consider Philippians 4.4 as like clothing for your soul today. As you drive home, repeat that sentence several times. Turn it into a prayer for others. Say, Lord, help my children to rejoice in the Lord this evening. Draw a hot bath and sink into the water and think of the words of that verse. As you go to sleep, let it be your last conscious thought. If you get a negative report or hear bad news or have a panic moment, say, Lord, you know I'm tensing up right now, but I'm claiming Philippians 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let me tell you something. You cannot overuse Philippians 4.4 or wear it out or ever truly grow tired of it. God's word is fathomless. I've been thinking about Philippians 4.4 for decades, and I love it more now than when I first learned it. Then, when you're ready, you can add the next phrase, let your gentleness be evident to all. And on to the next phrase. Repeat the process verse by verse, and within a few weeks or months, you'll have the entire passage stored away in your mind, written like calligraphy on your soul, always available and constantly radiating its truths into the most private places of your hearts. Someone sent me a quote that says, Look around and be distressed. Look within and be depressed. Look above and be at rest. One of the easiest ways of looking above is exploring the heavenly words contained between the covers of your Bible. One day while I was teaching at Liberty University, I had a wonderful conversation with my friend, Dr. Gary Mathena. He told me of an experience involving his father. He said, 
One of my dad's heroes in the ministry was an African-American preacher named Manuel Scott. After hearing Dr. Scott preach one evening, my father had the opportunity to have breakfast with him the next day. As a young preacher, my dad expressed to Dr. Scott how much he was blessed and encouraged and inspired by his preaching and the truths he was able to extrapolate out of Scripture. My dad said, Dr. Scott, it is so evident that you are a spiritual man. How does a person become spiritual? How can I learn to preach with the insights and the depths with which you preach? Manuel Scott thought for a moment and he said, Well, Harold, when you wake up in the mornings, spend some time reading and thinking about the Word of God, and then throughout the day meditate and ruminate on the Word of God all day long, and then before you go to sleep at night, allow the Word of God to bathe your heart and mind. And then Dr. Scott paused and reached up to put his thumbs under his red suspenders, and he said, If you'll do that, then one of these days you'll just wake up spiritual. Well, that's the simplest way I know to convey the reality of Philippians 4, verse 8. If you want to worry more, then think about all of the things you're worried about. But if you want to live more and worry less, then put this into practice immediately. Whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, think about such things. So here you have the divine prescription for the anxious heart. Rejoice in the Lord. Cultivate a gentle spirit. Remember the nearness of God. Turn your problems into prayers. Be thankful and fill your mind with God's word day and night. Let me close with a little poem I wrote about this. It's my way of paraphrasing this passage in Philippians 4. Rejoice in every circumstance. Be gentle. God is near. In every daily happenstance, refuse to live in fear. But pray instead with trusting heart. Try gratitude and praise. For God has promised to impart His peace through all your days. So think of Him amid the hurry. And follow heroes who are true. And you will learn to bury worry before worry buries you. Well, if you'd like to study this subject more, delve into my book, Worry Less, Live More. And check out my other resources at robertjmorgan.com. Thank you for listening to this episode. It was produced by Joshua Rowe and Clearly Media. It was edited by Elijah Rowe. Music is by Jordan Davis. For more information and resources, visit my website at robertjmorgan.com and to subscribe to this podcast on a weekly basis, visit robertjmorgan.com slash podcast. I'm so grateful to you for listening. This is Robert J. Morgan. May the Lord bless you.